may be seated this morning. And good to see everyone here today. Hey, man, we're going to switch it up with the mic a little bit. I hope that's okay. All the guys are like, yeah, I guess it has to be. All right, amen. Good to see everyone here again. And um, if you're visiting with us, we want to say a great big God bless you and welcome. And uh, we're just so happy to be a part of what God's doing in the earth today and a part of really, uh, um, really this, this whole valley, really what God's doing in, this, in the earth today. And so we're excited about that. You know, I got thinking about as in worship as we were um, just kind of uh, worshiping the Lord today. You know, how many remember that story, the prodigal son in the Bible? How many have ever heard that? How many ever put yourself in that story and see yourself there as Jesus told that story? And maybe you were that son that was lost and came home and, and uh, maybe you, you identify with that. So how many say, Lord, I've seen myself in that story a couple times? But, um, you know, one of the things that's amazing about that story is so many times we see the really the kind of the indulgence of sin and in and the wastefulness of that son and how he just took the money and he went and spent it all and, and, uh, and everything. And we see that. And how many have said, man, I, again, that's me. But, you know, there's another part of that story that's so amazing um, that we really, sometimes we overlook. And the Bible says that there was a famine in the land. There was where people just went without and they died and they starved to death. And that's what happens in a famine. They didn't have government programs. They didn't have aid and, and all those things and, and global aid. And it, it was like you were on your own, right? And so the Bible says that there was a famine in the land. And so many times I think we don't see, amen, how good God is to us. And you know, that story reveals how good God is. <laughs> that even in the midst of a famine, God's going to lead him back to where there's plenty. Amen. And how many know God is good to us? Is that right? How many can say, you know, Lord, sometimes I don't see these things in my life, but amen, as I worship the Lord, I remember God's goodness. And so many times in situations, I get myself in situations, I want to look at what I don't have and rather than what God has given me and all the things that God is doing in my life. Come on, somebody. Amen. How many believe that? Amen. But how many look at that story and say, man, that's just a picture of how good God is. Amen. When everyone else is lacking or there's lack all around me, I can still have provision. I can still be my needs met by God. How many, how many believe that this morning? How many can just lift your hand to heaven and just say, Lord, thank you that you're so good to me today. Amen. And that's why we worship and that's why we praise the Lord. Amen. So good to see everybody here today. And really, I'm just really honored to see the funks. It's been a long time, but it's good to see you guys. And Awesome. Amen. This morning, if you turn with me to Acts chapter 8, Acts chapter 8, a very, um, this whole chapter is just an amazing chapter, but just wanted to share from my heart today and read a couple of scriptures, we'll pray, and then, and I just want to share about the importance of preaching Jesus. Amen. In Acts chapter 8, the Bible says, I'm going to, um, really, there was, uh, really kind of opens up and goes into the account of how there was a persecution among Christians, but in verse 5, Let's, let's just read there, verse 5 and then verse 35. It says this, The Bible says, And then Philip went down to the city of Samaria and preached Christ to them. And then in verse 35, And then Philip opened his mouth and began at the same scripture and preached unto him Christ, unto Jesus. Amen. This morning I just want to talk to you about preaching Jesus. Amen. Lord, we just thank you for your word. Thank you for 
really this time that we have for your word to really get a hold of our hearts and get into our hearts and change us and transform us. And Lord, we thank you that as we get into your word, your word gets into us. So that when we carry your word from here, your word will carry us. And we just thank you, Lord, for the power of your word today. But we thank you also for the ability to meet with other believers and Christians and express, Lord, our worship freely. And we just give you all the praise and all the glory because of who you are and what you're doing. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, Amen. Amen. How many believe that we need to preach Jesus? Amen. How many know that our culture needs to hear about Jesus? Your neighbors need to hear about Jesus. Your family needs to know about Jesus. It's very important that we preach Jesus Christ. Amen. That we preach not just about Him, but we preach Him. Amen. The Bible says that Philip went down to Samaria and he preached Christ unto them. Then in verse 35 it says that he, he met a man, and we'll tell, talk about that story, but he opened his mouth and, and opened the scriptures to this young man and preached Jesus to him. Amen. I believe that we need to preach about Jesus. So many times we can get caught up with so many other things and Christianity and church. Amen. But how many know it's all about Jesus? Amen. I'll try that again. How many know it's all about Jesus? Amen. Hallelujah. And we have to preach Jesus Christ and Him crucified. We've got to begin to, to lift our voice like never before and tell people about Jesus Christ. Amen. That's what our theme of our life is about. That's what it's all about, isn't it? And there's an importance that we, we need to get a hold of today about preaching Jesus. Amen. And just about Jesus and His name. because Why? Because Jesus is the name of God. Jesus said, I come in my Father's name. The Bible says and makes it clear that He inherited His Father's name. How many know that's the name of our God? That we have a God, we serve an awesome God, and He's got a name, and His name is Jesus. Amen. And so it's important that we talk about it and mention it. The Bible says that, that Jesus is not in the Godhead, but the Godhead is in Jesus. Amen. How many believe that? Is that what the Scriptures say? Amen. And that Jesus is the Messiah. Jesus is the Son of God. Jesus is the Savior of the world. Amen. We're not just talking about a symbol of Christianity today. We're talking about a person. Amen. Talking about someone who lives right now. Amen. Who is alive right now. Jesus Christ. And He is the Son of God. He is the Messiah. He is the only way to God. Jesus said, I am the door. You can't get to God except through Jesus. Come on, somebody. Amen. It's not the membership of a church. It's not if you're there for over 15 years, then you're into heaven. Or if you pay so much money into the church, you're into heaven. How many know it's only through Jesus Christ that we get to heaven? Amen. Jesus said, you can't get to the Father except through me. You've got to go through me. I'm the door. I'm the way, the truth, and the life. Amen. And so that's why we need to preach Jesus because he is, amen, that is the name of God. He is the Messiah. Amen. And Jesus, the only way to heaven. Amen. Do you believe that? Come on, we're talking about our faith this morning and how important it is to preach about Jesus. And there is tremendous power in the name of Jesus. We sang about it today. Jesus said that all power has been given unto me. Is that what he said? And then he told us, he said that in my name you will cast out devils and heal the sick. Amen. In my name, because there's power in the name of Jesus. Great power in the name of Jesus. In fact, faith in God starts with believing in Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen? Come on. Faith in God starts with believing in Jesus. And the revelation of God is in Jesus. You want to know who God is? 
Amen? Look at Jesus. Amen? Come on. You want to know? I want to know everything about God. I want to know about creation. I want to know about life. I want to know about where I come from and who God is. It's in Jesus. Amen? That's what the Bible says. Amen? There's great power in the name of Jesus. And we believe that. We sing about it today. We declare it. We, we confess that. We profess that in our lives. And so I've noticed that when we preach Jesus, there are three things that are clear and should happen and do happen when we preach about Jesus, but preach Jesus, and that is number one, declaration, number two, education, and number three, transformation. Amen? How many know that we need to be transformed? How many know that Jesus has brought us from darkness into light? Amen? We are transformed by the power of God when we are saved. But you know, I believe that this world needs transformed, but in order for this world to be transformed, they've got to be educated. And in order for them to be educated, somebody's got to declare it. Is that what Romans said? Romans chapter 10 says, Paul said that we need, everybody needs to be saved. Everybody needs to be born again. How does everybody get born again? Well, they've got to believe in Jesus Christ as the Son of the living God. How do they believe in Jesus? They've got to hear about Him. How do they hear about Him? Somebody's got to be talking about Him. Come on. <laughs> is that right? Amen. So we've got to preach Jesus because there is great power in when we declare Jesus Christ. Come on. There is great education that comes when we declare Jesus Christ. People find out who God is. People begin to find out what is life all about? Why am I here? What is my purpose in life? What is the end of life? What is the beginning of life? What is it all about? How many know Jesus Christ has the answer? And it's in Jesus Christ and we preach Jesus. So this morning, I just want to encourage you that we need to preach Jesus. I mean, you say, well, we're, we're beyond that, and, and I believe that we need a little bit of a more relevant story, and we need to break it down a little bit, and don't talk so religious to people and so preachy to people. How many know, when you talk about Jesus, you'll never be religious? You're not going to be false religion, I should say. There's not false religion, but that's true religion, as James said. That is the real essence of Christianity. That is the real essence of life, which is Jesus Christ. Amen. Aren't you glad for Jesus this morning? Amen. I'm glad I know him. I'm glad that he found me. Amen. That he loved me right where I was, still does. Amen. And that he gave me a life and a life beyond this life, eternal life, through him. Amen. Amen. That's Jesus Christ. But we've got to preach it. And sometimes we're like, well, I'll sing about it. I'll turn my music up or I'll, I'll wear a t-shirt about it or I'll, I'll, I'll let people know that I'm a good Christian or I, I believe in God or I go to church. But how many know we've got to preach Jesus. I said, we've got to preach Jesus. This world needs Jesus. They're not going to find Jesus unless they're educated about Jesus. And they're not going to be educated about Jesus unless we talk about Jesus. <laughs> Is that right? Come on, some of you are here because somebody preached Jesus. Amen. Now, some of you might be here because, well, I grew up in church and I just kind of got baptized. I fell into the water and then I just, you know, I've been here ever since. Listen, I'm here because somebody preached Jesus to me. And I discovered that Jesus was the way, the truth, and the life. That he is, amen, the lover of my soul. That he is the only one that I'll need now and forevermore. Amen. He's the only one that could save me and lift me out of that uh, pit of despair. Come on, in that, that mud of pride, Jesus Christ did it. Amen. And so we've got to preach Jesus. I want to just share some truths out of this chapter right here about how Philip preached Jesus and what it means to preach Jesus. I want you to take note that the Bible says that Philip went down to Samaria and preached Christ to them. 
Now, this was the fourth encounter that this, the, these people, Samaritans, I don't know exactly what town it was, but this was the fourth encounter that we see in scriptures that Samaritans encountered Jesus Christ. The first time Jesus uh, said, I, I don't want to go there. I don't want to go to Samaria. They heard about him. They heard about maybe his miracles. The second time Jesus wanted to go through uh, Samaria, but they didn't want Jesus to pass through Samaria. And they, they said, get out of, our, out of our town, right? We don't want you to. So he had to go three days journey around Samaria. And the disciples said, you know what? Fire needs to be, come down on these people and we need to curse these people. How many know, remember that story? Why? Because they refused Jesus. They didn't want Jesus in their town. And the third time, Jesus met a woman from Samaria at a well outside of the town. And she was gloriously saved, and the town heard about Jesus. And in fact, a lot of the men, the Bible says, met Jesus that day, and even stayed in their town for two extra days because they wanted to hear what he had to say. And so this fourth encounter, when Philip went down to Samaria, of course, they had heard about Jesus. They even met Jesus. They saw the results of Jesus in people's lives, and they said, yeah, we're going to receive what this guy has to say about Jesus. And the Bible says that when he went and he preached, there was a couple things that happened that were so amazing. The Bible says that as Philip went down to Samaria, in fact, let's pick it up in verse 8. It says this, it says, For unclean spirits crying out with a loud voice came out of people. And many people who were paralyzed and lame were healed, and there was much joy in the city. There was great joy in the city among the Samaritans. Man, you want to talk about people that were just, it was a buzz. It was, it was, it was the happening thing. It was the greatest thing that ever happened in their area. Jesus came and he healed us and he delivered us and there was great joy in the city. Why? Because somebody preached Jesus. Somebody was preaching about Jesus. Amen. And so there was great joy, the Bible says, in that city. But I want to just show you a couple other things. Um, about this account, about Philip preaching Jesus. In verse 26, it says that he was at the right place at the right time. How many know we need to be at the right place at the right time? You're not going to be at the right place at the right time sitting on your couch. <laughs> Amen? How many know as you go, the Bible said, there'll be doors that open, there'll be needs that you'll see, there'll be people that you encounter. Amen? As you go, the Bible says. In verse 26, um, he was at the right place at the right time. How do we know that? Because it says this in verse 26. The angel of the Lord said to Philip, Rise and go down towards the road that goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. This is a desert place. And so how many are thankful that he obeyed the Holy Spirit? Amen. How many believe God's going to speak to you every day about people's needs around you? Amen. Yes, he will. But you've got to be at the right place at the right time. You've got to want to go. You've got to be willing to go. You've got to be willing to be used by the Lord. You've got to be, and say, Lord, I want to be at the right place at the right time. And we see this with Philip, that he was there. And the angel said this. He said, go out of your way. <laughs> he said, I know you were going to Samaria, and you were having this great meetings in Samaria. He said, now I want you to go out of your way and go to this desert place. This was the last settlement before you got to the desert and before you got to Egypt. This was the last settlement back then that everybody went to. And, and how many know it, it's, that'd be great, you know, but this was a place where this was overlooked and, and it wasn't popular. And this, this was a desert place, meaning it was just not a very popular place. But how many know the Lord's going to lead you where the needs are? 
Amen. The Lord's going to lead you where people need the Lord, where they need to hear about the Lord, and they need Jesus Christ, and they need these things. And so, you know, one of the things I realized is that faith means having to move without an explanation. Did you know that? How many know God gives us commands, not explanations? <laughs> Sometimes we want the Lord to lay it all out, explain everything to us, and then we'll think about going. Then we'll think about it. But how many know the Lord just says, go down to the desert place? And that's faith. And faith begins to move out when there's little to no explanation from the Lord. What do you mean I've got to do that? What do you mean? Yeah, just do it. How many know when Jesus began to pass the bread out, there wasn't a whole lot of explanation. I'm going to multiply this fish and bread. When Jesus said, go to the other side, there wasn't a whole lot of explanation. He just said, go to the other side. Is that right? Amen. And so the Bible says to be in the right place at the right time, Philip had to go out of his way and go down to this desert place. And Gaza was that last settlement before the desert, and it wasn't a very popular place, but the Lord said there's a need there. There's something tremendous I'm going to use you. You know, a lot of people want to be used by the Lord greatly, but not willing to do the small things to be used of the Lord. How many know the Lord uses you in small ways? We always look at the people, oh man, if I could just be used in such a big way. But how many know the Lord wants to use you in small ways? In small ways. How many know because small ways are big ways to God? Amen. And if we'll do the small things like they're big things, God will do the big things like they're small things. Amen. How many believe that? Amen. So sometimes it just takes a little small thing to go and to do. Look at verse 27. This is something else that when he began to preach Jesus and he went down and he obeyed the Lord, he saw that there was a young man that, that was, was searching for truth. How many know there's a search for truth today in our, our generation? There's a search for truth. The Bible says that Philip went down in verse 27. He went down to Gaza and there was an Ethiopian, a, a eunuch. And the Bible says that he was in the court of the official of Candace. She was the queen of Ethiopians at that time, and he was the treasurer of all Ethiopia. This guy was important. This, this was a, a really important man. And um, one of the things that uh, a friend of mine from West Africa uh, told me years ago, he said at one point they considered all of Africa to be Ethiopia. All of Africa was at one time, uh, way, way back. And so if that was the case, then she was kind of the queen of all Africa, and this guy was the treasurer of all Africa. Can you imagine how important he was? And And one of the things the Bible says that he had come to Jerusalem to worship. Now, he wasn't a believer, and he wasn't a Jew. He was an Ethiopian, but, but he came to Jerusalem to worship. Why? Because he was searching for truth. Back then, um, so many times, you would find people who were traveling uh, all over the world looking and searching for truth. They were following the stars like the three wise men. Come on. Amen. They were looking for truth. They were looking for signs and the mysteries of the world and what makes the world go around, what makes life uh, possible. Come on. And so the Bible says that he was coming back from Jerusalem to worship. In other words, he was looking into Judaism. He was looking into what they believed and, and how they did the rituals and their ceremonies and what made them the Jewish people. And he heard rumors possibly about how that they were the people of God and how that they at one point, think about it, if he was from, from uh, Africa and Ethiopia, he knew that the Hebrew people were once enslaved in Egypt and there was a tremendous exodus out of Egypt. So he knew that. He had to know that. Is that right? So what makes these people tick? What's so special about them? I want to learn their religion and I want to read the, their writings. And, and so the Bible says that he was coming back from Jerusalem to worship because he was searching 
for truth. And I love this account that Philip, uh, the Bible says he, he saw this guy and he was reading, uh, the Bible says he was reading scriptures. And so many times they were, they were searching for truth and they'd go to the end of the world. But this is, this is something that amazing happened about this story. I believe this is a clear picture of people today. I believe that people are even in church and they're looking for truth, but they're not seeing it. I believe that there's professors teaching on religion, but they don't see the truth of it. I believe that there's a lot of people that have really heard about God, but don't know about God. They haven't met Jesus. They're searching for truth. How many know some people that are searching for truth? Amen. And they're looking in every place, in every direction, in every way. And, and they're trying, trying to get this, what is truth? As Pilate asked, what is truth? What is it all about? What is life all about? But aren't you glad that everything about truth is in Jesus Christ? <laughs> Amen. That he doesn't leave any stone unturned. The Bible says in him there is no shadow of turning. There's not a little element of truth or partial truth. There's whole truth. Jesus said, I am the whole truth and nothing but the truth. Amen. And so, so we see this young man searching for the truth. And in verse 29, I believe that when we began to preach Jesus to people, there's a key that God teaches us that we see here in verse 29 as Philip got closer. I believe there's a getting closer to people and hearing what's on their mind and, and finding out what, what's going on in their heart. And so the Bible says that the Holy Spirit said to Philip, go over and join his chariot. He saw him reading some scripture. He, he heard him, you know, kind of babbling. And this, this, this guy had stopped his chariot on his way back. And he said, before I leave Israel, before I leave this nation, I want one more time. I want to try to figure this out. What is this all about? What are these people praying about a Messiah coming? What are they talking about? And the Bible says that he was sitting there and he was reading the scriptures. But I believe that there is a key here to preaching Jesus to people. And that is we need to get a little closer. I said we need to get a little closer. Come on, church people. Amen. We need to draw near to him, as the Bible says. And the Holy Spirit said, go over and join his, his chariot. And we're to build relationships with those who are sincerely seeking truth and looking for truth and desperate and broken and who need the Lord. How many believe that? Amen. The Bible says that Jesus wasn't looking for the clean and the righteous and the saved. He was looking for those that were lost. Those that were unclean, those who needed him. That's who Jesus said. And I love this account that Jesus said, I'm here to seek and save the lost. That's pretty intense. It's not like, hey, I'm here to add to my crew. I got the disciples. I want, every, I want this big gathering. I'm having this revival. I want everybody to come out, and I want everybody to join my church. No, he said, I'm here to seek and save the lost. Everybody overlooked the lost. Everybody didn't care about the lost. It was all about who was the closest to the high priest and who had the, the, most, uh, the richest uh, house and who had the best uh, robe on, but they weren't concerned about the lost. And Jesus said, I'm not here to call the righteous. I'm not called to, here to, to look for those that are well and healthy. I'm here for those that are broken and sick. I'm here for those that are lost. How many know Jesus Christ is for the lost, right? I think all of us need to put our hands up because that's who we were. Amen. And so he said, I'm getting closer, and he drew closer to this man. And, and, and the Bible says that he, he went and he looked, and I believe that Jesus came to live among the sinners and show God's love and, and then call them to repentance and the lifestyle of holiness. I believe that with all my heart that Jesus came to live among sinners. And the Bible says that he healed lep lepers and he touched 
unclean people and those that were forbidden and those that were uh, unlovely. The Bible says that he had those people in his company. They were with him all the time. They wanted to hear his sermons. And, and, and we, were, we probably wouldn't go to meetings like that. We would probably just kind of like be in the background and like, okay, the smell is a little bit too much for me, Lord. I, I don't like that smell. I, 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 these people, they don't, they don't, you know, they don't drive what I drive. They don't, you know, they don't shop where I shop. I mean, they don't, I, I, don't, I don't want this kind of lifestyle. But how many know Jesus draws us right in and says, listen, you got to get close to him. If you're going to win somebody of the Lord, you're going to talk to somebody about Jesus, you've got to draw yourself closer to him. Amen? Amen. Too many Christians are about hit and run. <laughs> Jesus is not about hit and run. I'll you know, punch you with the gospel and then I'll go my way. Amen. Jesus is about bringing the word until there's healing, until there's deliverance, until there is faith in your heart. Amen. I mean, aren't you glad that Jesus didn't just come to your life just one time? <laughs> Aren't you glad that he just, he kept coming after you, kept coming after you, kept coming after you. Come on, he even sent your uncle after you. Amen. I don't know who came after you, but he just kept, kept coming, and I love that about the Lord. And notice that the point of this man's conversion when he heard about Jesus was when he began to ask questions. That's so key, isn't it, when we're preaching Jesus to people, is when people begin to ask questions about the Lord. And we begin to talk to them about the Lord. They begin to ask questions. That's a that's a really good um, uh, sign of an open heart when people begin to ask questions. And he, he began to ask questions. One of the things I noticed about this young man, it says in verse 35, the first half of it, it says that Philip opened his mouth and beginning with the scripture, began to talk to him about the good news about Jesus. Now what does that mean? He, he, he began at the same scripture. Well, we, we see this picture of this young man in his chariot there with his whole entourage and he had open. A part I don't know where he got it, but he got part of the, the prophet Isaiah. And the Bible says he was reading Isaiah 53. And he began to read about this lamb that was led to the slaughter. He began to read about how somebody was going to be punished for him. And somebody was going to be bruised for him. And, the, and that we were going to be healed by his, his beatings. on his. What did that mean? And, and, he, and he began to read the scripture. And, and I don't understand, he said... He said, and, and Philip even said, do you know what you're reading? Do you even understand what you're reading there? How many know this, this guy was reading about Jesus and didn't even know it? He, he, was, he was looking right at a picture of salvation and didn't even know it. I mean, there's so many people that are looking right in to Jesus right there. They're right there. They're looking for truth. And, and they don't even know Jesus is right there. I mean, think about it. He's reading the scripture about Jesus and didn't even know Jesus. And he began to read these scriptures and he, the Bible says that he opened up the scriptures and he began to read the word of God and began to explain it and more specifically about Jesus. So there's two things about this that I just want to share about preaching Jesus. Number one, I think it's important that we know the word. I think it's important that you know what the word says. Anybody? How <laughs> I many you know we can, we, if we're going to open up the scriptures to people and we're going to show Jesus in the scriptures, you've got to know the word. Amen? You've got to know the Word. And so it's important that we know the Word. And we, we began to... I believe that the number one cause of death among Christians is ignorance. We die because of a lack of knowledge, the Bible says. We perish by a lack of knowledge. And so we've got to know the Word. Amen? How many believe that? You've got to know the Word. And so I believe that we can show people Jesus through the Scriptures. Jesus even said, it is written. He knew the Word. 
He understood the scriptures. He understood, amen, what exactly the devil was talking about when he was tempting him. He knew exactly where to go in the Old Testament. Come on, somebody. Where he was going. And so Jesus knew the scriptures. I think it's important to know the word. Well, I can point people to a Bible app. I mean, I can, you know, I can point people to a church. I can tell people, call my pastor. But how many know you need to know the word? You've got to know the word. Get the, the word. Bible says get the word in your heart. Amen. Get the word inside of you. The prophet Jeremiah said, I'm going to eat it like honey. It's sweet. I'm going to eat it up. Amen? How many know you can eat the word figuratively? <laughs> Amen? And you'll never get so full that you're, not, you're going to get sick of it. You just got to have it every day. Amen? You've got to know the word. And so in order for us to preach Jesus effectively, you've got to know the word. And the second thing is, as Jesus said, we've got to teach the word. Notice here he says that he began at the same scripture. He knew exactly where he was, and he took him from where he was. He didn't say, well, I don't really know much about that. The only one I know is John 3.16. He didn't take, he didn't do that. He, he started he's right at that scripture, right where he was, right at his understanding of scripture, right at where he was searching. He began to start from there and say, I'm going to broaden the search. I'm going to show you Jesus through the scriptures. Isn't that pretty cool? And he began to teach the word. And I believe that as we see Jesus' ministry, I believe that we're to teach the word. Did you know that we're called to teach the Bible to people? Well, no, that's when, you know, somebody stands up at a pulpit and we go to Sunday. We, we, and that's, that's teaching. Or we are at a, a seminary, a Bible school, or college, and that's teaching people. But that's not what the Bible says. The Bible doesn't say take your neighbors to college and then teach them there. Or let them go to church first. And then, No, it says teach the nations. Do you know Jesus said it twice? He said that you need to go to all the world and teach all nations. Teach people to observe all the things that I've said. How many know teaching is, has to be part of, of us talking about Jesus? Did you know that? That we're to explain who Jesus is to people? That's what teaching is. It's breaking it down. And Jesus did it all the time. He told parables so that people would get it. He gave you know, examples of, of, to the farming community about farming, to the, to the people, the suburbs. He gave examples about people. And all these things, Jesus could teach the Word. Come on, Jesus could teach them life principles, and Jesus could teach people, and so we're commanded to teach people. We don't think of that that very often, very much, and um, usually it's like, how can I school this person, or how can I show them I know more than them? How can I prove that I'm a scholar? No, that's not what it means. It means to just explain who Jesus is, and we do that simply just by, a lot of times, by our own experience. Well, once I was lost, but now I'm found. I don't I don't know what to tell you. I don't know a whole lot at this point, but all I can say is once I was blind, but now I see. How I many know oh, you just taught somebody about Jesus? <laughs> Amen. And when you tell people your story, you're teaching people about Jesus. You're teaching them about the love of God, the patience of God, about forgiveness and, 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 and uh, mercy in your life and grace. How many know you can teach people a lot of things just by preaching Jesus? Amen. And so Jesus' was ministry, the Bible says, was teaching and preaching the kingdom. The Bible says that he, in Mark 4, he went everywhere and was preaching and teaching the kingdom of God. We don't look at it like that. We just think that we're here to just kind of talk to people or talk down to people or, or preach at people. But how many know the Bible says we're to teach people? And that's what was happening here and began to open up the scriptures. I love the account of Jesus walking on the road to Emmaus. The Bible says these guys, they, he was right there and they couldn't see him, right? He was right there. And they didn't even recognize him, right? And so what did he do? The Bible says he went back to the scriptures. and Because they knew the scriptures, so he went back to what they knew. 
And he, he got him familiar with, okay, you remember the Abraham? You remember that? Okay. Remember Moses? You remember that count? You remember Jacob? Remember all that? Okay. You remember David and Daniel? And all, and all of a sudden, the Bible says that because of the teaching of the Word, because Jesus opened up to them the Scriptures and revealed Himself in the Scriptures, they saw. They understood it. They got it. How I many you know some people just need to get it that way, Right? And so Jesus teaches, and I love that about the Lord. And so through the scriptures and examining the scriptures, he opened up the scriptures, and then he opened up their eyes. And a lot of people you say, well, I want my neighbor's eyes to be open. I mean, why can't he just see truth? Why can't he just understand? Because sometimes you're not opening up the scriptures enough. It's just like, well, this is my thought on it, and this is my opinion. But how many know we need to open up the scriptures sometimes? We need to talk to people about what the Bible says. And, and some people are searching the Bible and have in the past, or they went to Sunday school or youth group and, and went to church and they heard about the Scriptures. And I th- believe that you can use that little experience that they had and use that, that little part of Scriptures and open up Jesus to them. Amen. So I just want to encourage you today to preach Jesus. I love verse 35 in the last half of it when he began at the same Scripture. He preached Jesus with him. Or it says, preach Christ unto him, not to him, or it's not preaching at him. That's not what he said. He just said he, he almost like shared with him. Like, do you understand what you're reading? Do you see this? Do you, do you, where's your, I mean, you're coming from Egypt and you're a treasure. Then you should know about the treasure of God's love. I want to tell you about that. I mean, I don't know how he did it, but the Bible says it didn't. It was preaching Jesus to him, declaring who God is and what it was all about. And that word preach, we, we have this idea of what preach means, but it just simply means to herald or proclaim or publish the good news. Just make it known. That's all you have to do. Many people think you've got to talk in a, a Pentecostal voice and have a microphone in your hand and, and all this stuff, but it just simply means explaining and to people who God is. That's what it is. It means to declare some things about Jesus that they need to hear. Amen? Right? So that's what it means to preach. And it means to publish it. Just make it known. People don't know about it until you make it known, right? Don't, don't assume that people know about the Lord. Don't assume that people know scriptures well. Don't assume that, well, just because they've been in the church, well, you know what I'm talking about. I mean, people don't know what, they're talk- what you're talking about, amen? And so you really need to talk about it. And, you know, sometimes we just kind of overcomplicate this message and we kind of make it so difficult. And we're quoting from you know, the, the minor prophets and Malachi, and we're talking to him about how blood's running down the street and what that means today. You're losing people. Just, just really talk to them and what it means about the scriptures. Amen? Just preaching Jesus. Amen. And I, I love this because really what preaching means when we preach Jesus is we're not to get caught up in all these metaphors and catchphrases and cultural slang. Just point people to Jesus. That's what he was doing. When it says that he just opened up the scriptures and just used the same scripture and he just simply pointed this young man to Jesus. How many know that we're just a signpost? Amen. Amen. Well, I'm going to witness until they get saved. I'm going to stand here until they want. No, no. We're just to declare and proclaim and reveal some things and talk about some things and then let God deal with their heart. And then let put the decision in their life. Come on, somebody. Amen. Notice it was the fourth time that Samaria had encountered Jesus before they really received the gospel of Jesus Christ. Now, some of you, I don't know, you're a little easier than others. You, you heard one little VBS story and you melted. Oh, I'm going to get saved. Some of you, it was like years. 
of like, like this concrete, you know, coming through, right? This sledge. I don't know how, what example, but some of it was like, it took a long time for some of you, right? So let's be faithful to preach Jesus. Because as we're faithful to preach Jesus, we point people to Jesus. And the more they hear about Jesus, the more familiar they'll be about Jesus. And the more they'll want to know about Jesus. Come on. Amen. We just got to preach Jesus. We don't have to like make sure that they, well, they, they've got to get saved on the spot. I remember somebody told me that a long time ago. You can't leave their presence until they make that decision. I'll never forget, I scared somebody so bad, they were like, they wanted to pray just to get me out of their presence, right? Okay, okay, whatever, whatever, dude, just calm down. I'll say it, whatever, dear Jesus, I'm a sinner. I pray, you know, whatever, right? I mean, no, that wasn't up to me, though. Jesus said he's the Lord of the harvest. He's responsible to work in people's hearts. He's the one that ha- tries the reins of men's hearts. He's the one that's working internally in people. I'm just on the outside publishing Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. And so I love that. So I believe that if we preach Jesus clearly, people won't have to ask where you're coming from because they'll see where you've been. Amen. I love that about the Lord. How many want to, just in our generation, our day, preach Jesus? Amen. Come on, let's stand on our feet today. I want to show you something in verse 36 about preaching Jesus. One of the things that we see about preaching Jesus, because it's so powerful, because it's so amazing, and it's such wonder-working, miracle power in the name of Jesus and the gospel of Jesus Christ, there are so many rippling effects. It has so much power and so much impact when we preach Jesus. Amen? And when we talk about the Lord and talk about Jesus to people that don't know the Lord, we have to trust the Lord. And we have to understand that there's so many things that we don't see that God is doing. I, I remember witnessing to a young man and just the whole time scowling on his, just hated me being there. Didn't want to hear what I had to say. And I said, all right, no problem. I, I told you I was going to give you two minutes. My two minutes is up. I'm going to go. Right? And I'll never forget. He was like, wait, 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 wait. I want to hear more. <laughs> And I was like, well, the look on your face was like, get out of here, right? But God was doing something in his heart. God was doing something. And how many believe that when we preach Jesus, there's a rippling effect? There's something more powerful than what we see with our eyes. We can't base everything on that. People might be just standing there like this. Don't jump on them about, you need to raise your hands right now. No, just declare Jesus and let the power of God's word work in people's lives and their hearts. Amen. Because I believe that Jesus loves people more than I do. And I believe that he wants to save them more than I want to see them saved. Come on. And he's working in their life more than what I can see. And I believe that he's drawing them by his spirit. Amen. Even though I don't have the words to do it, he's still working. But God needs a vessel. God needs a door. God needs somebody to work through that will preach his name and declare Jesus to the world. But I love this rippling effect that we see in Acts 8. In verse 36 and verse 38, this is so amazing. And, And one of the things I love about it is... Philip was simply obeying the call of God. That's all he was doing. He was fulfilling the call of God. In Acts 1.8, Jesus said that the Holy Ghost was going to come and they were going to be witnesses to the uttermost parts of the... In fact, he mentions Samaria, doesn't he? He says Samaria and the uttermost parts of the world. I want you to catch this today. He said Samaria and the uttermost parts of the world. Where did Philip start? Philip started in Samaria and then he went down to Gaza. And this young man that that he witnessed to, that God saved and baptized and gloriously saved, he not only was very important, but the Bible says that that where the place that he met, the place that he declared Jesus, 
was in that Gaza strip. That was in that Gaza place, I mean, where that was the last post from Israel to Africa. And so it was the gateway to Africa. And so the door was initially closed to that nation. But God used one man to go to Samaria and another man to take it to the uttermost parts of the earth. The door to Africa swung open because this young man went back, as important as he was, and I'm sure that he told the queen of his experiences and, and led his family to the Lord. We don't know, but all we know is that the gospel touched the continent of Africa through this man. Amen. That This young man was so important, he went back into Africa. And so we don't know who God is using. We don't know the impact that we'll have. Think about it. Because Philip was obedient to preach Christ in Samaria, then he was obedient and God opened another door and another door and he went down. Guess what? The nation of Africa opened up to the gospel of Jesus Christ. This young man who didn't know anything about Jesus, didn't know, he all, all he wanted to find out was a religion of Judaism. That's all he wanted, but Jesus saved him. Jesus came into his life through one man, through Philip, amen, and then through that, who knows? That could have been, he could have went all over Africa. He could have said, you know what, queen, I appreciate this position you've given me, but I've got a greater call. I've got a greater need. There's a greater message that I have that I want to give to the world, amen. And I love that about this young man. He just opened it. Look at the rest of the book of Acts. You'll see that there was a sorcerer, Simon the sorcerer, who got saved, gloriously saved. And, and he had just tremendous bitterness and anger in his life. And God delivered him and set him free. And he was an important man. The Bible says that they, I mean, people were afraid of this guy. He, he had whole communities in, in, uh, in, in paralyzed because of his reputation. And God saved him because Philip went to Samaria. Think about it. Isn't that amazing? In fact, if you read the very next chapter, it was Saul of Tarsus who was persecuting Christians who got saved, gloriously saved, because of Stephen's message about Jesus. Stephen, in his deathbed, preached Jesus. <laughs> he didn't ask for more time. He didn't ask for mercy. He just preached Jesus. And because of that, one of the, which I consider one of the greatest men in the Bible, Paul the Apostle, was born again. Think about the impact that he had. Think about the impact that if we just preach Jesus, what it will have. We may not see it today. We may not see it tomorrow. We may not ever see that person get come to the Lord or their family get saved. But I have to believe that the gospel is so great that Jesus loves them so much that God wants to use just somebody like me that there's an impact that can last for all of eternity if we'll just preach Jesus. Can you say amen? Amen. amen. In Acts chapter 11... Just a few chapters later, we hear this in verse 19. Now those who had been scattered by the persecution that broke out when Stephen was killed traveled as far as Phoenicia, Cyprus, Antioch, spreading the word among Jews. And then some of them, however, men from Cyprus and Cyrene, went to Antioch and began to speak to the Greeks also, telling them the good news about the Lord Jesus. And the Lord's hand was with them, and a great number of people believed and turned to Jesus. Because somebody preach Jesus. And I believe that's something I wanted to leave today in your heart, that we got to preach Jesus. 
And I know that there's so many things going on in the world and we're so careful not to, to, to offend. We're not careful. We, we want to be careful. But how many know Jesus Christ is the one that brings healing and deliverance? Jesus is the one that brings the unity. Jesus is the one that comes and he heals and he delivers and there's great joy. And so I, I think sometimes that if we're afraid to say, you know what, I don't want to preach about Jesus because, because people don't want to hear about Jesus anymore. I don't want to preach about Jesus because they've been hurt by the church. And I don't want to, I want to, I don't want to get too preachy. Listen, you just have to flow in the spirit of love, flow in the spirit of the Lord and preach Jesus and let God do the rest. Come on, somebody, let God do the rest. Amen. And this morning, I just want to encourage you. Here's your challenge. Amen. Be prepared. Be prepared to talk about Jesus. Be prepared to open up scriptures to people. Be prepared to encourage other Christians or wherever you are. Be prepared to, to pray for the sick and be prepared. Amen. Is that what the Bible says in 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 15? He says, sanctify the Lord in your hearts and be ready always to give an answer to every man that asks you the reason of hope that lies within you in meekness and in fear. Always be ready. So be ready. Be prepared. And then point people to Jesus. Don't point people to a church. Don't point people to, you know, to, to, to all kinds of theology and things that they don't understand it. Don't point people to Jesus. Just say, you know what? Turn to Jesus. Just put, just put your burdens down. Just lay it down at the foot of the cross. Just turn to Jesus. How many know we need to point people to Jesus? Amen. Come on. That's, that's what we are. We're signposts. We just, we just say, you know what? It's Jesus. It's, it's just him. Amen. He's the one I'm worshiping. Him, he's the one I'm living for. If you see any good in me, it's really not me. It's Jesus. If you see anything right that I've done, you I don't want to take credit for it. It's just Jesus in my life. I'd be broken. I'd be lost. I'd, be, I'd probably be dead right now if it wasn't for him. Amen? So how many know we've got to point people to Jesus? And then I believe we should preach with actions. We've got to preach with actions of love and kindness and miracles and signs and wonders. That's what the Bible says. Preach Jesus with signs following. Amen? And we need to go everywhere revealing the love of God by preaching Jesus. And I want you to put your faith in this today, right here, that I'm going to preach Jesus. I'm going to talk about Jesus. I'm going to mention his name. Well, I don't need to mention his name. I mean, you know, I don't really need to talk about, I don't need to say the name of Jesus. I'm, I just need to say about I'm Christian and they'll understand. How many have ever heard of a, 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 a really big corporation not mentioning their name in any of their commercials? <laughs> how many know their name is important? <laughs> and if you're going to, if you're going to, if you're going to buy into their product, how many know you've got to know their name? Amen. And if people are going to believe in Jesus, they've got to hear his name. Amen. Right? So it's important to say it. Say his name and say, Lord, I want to talk to you today about Jesus Christ. Amen. I know there's somebody in your heart right now you're thinking about who needs Jesus. Say, Lord, I, give me the words to say. Can we, can we pray that way today in closing? Lord, I just pray for the people I'm thinking about who need you. I just pray, Lord, that you would give me the words to say. I want to be in the right place at the right time. I want to have that ear to hear when you tell me to go. I, I want to have that opportunity. I want to draw close to people that need you. I don't want to stand at a distance and stand in the corners, I mean, in the, in, in the windows of a church and watch people go by. I want to get involved. I want to be a part of people's lives so that I, I can have that open door that I can share with them. And Lord, I can hear their heart and where they're at and, and, and what, they're, what they're really going through, Lord, that I could bring the gospel to their life and I can preach Jesus, Lord. I pray that you would just help me. I pray that you would, Lord, encourage all of us today. And Lord, you've given us the Holy Ghost. We've got boldness. We've got power. We've got the anointing. We've got faith. I just, Lord, I just pray I would submit to that and just 
Lord, yield to your spirit, Lord, and draw close to people who need you. I'm going to preach Jesus with boldness. I want to preach Jesus with confidence. I want to preach Jesus with power. And I thank you, Lord, today that you're going to bring me by people who need you. People that really are looking for truth, searching. They're desperate. They're lonely. They're longing. They're, they're lost. They're so confused. They look like they got it all together. But, Lord, you know. You know they need you, Lord. And I pray that you would just open my eyes to those who need you. I pray you just fill my mouth and fill my heart, Lord, that I can just be able to show your love in action as I preach Jesus Christ. In Jesus' name, everybody said amen. amen and amen. Can we give the Lord a hand today? Amen. Amen. If you have a need here today, we have a prayer team that's coming right down here to the front. Anything that maybe, uh, maybe a sickness in your body or someone you love.